It does not matter that the game doesn't count. This Sacramento Kings loss to the Golden State Warriors tonight stings. No other way to put it. But one thing we know for certain after tonight's game, the Kings and Warriors are 100% a rivalry. It is undeniable, and you are listening to Locked on Kings. You are Locked on Kings, your daily Sacramento Kings podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. And now, ladies and gentlemen, it is that time, time for another episode of Locked on Kings. Hello and welcome to Locked on Kings, your podcast hub for Sacramento Kings coverage all season long. My name is Matt George. I have the privilege of being your host here. I'm a Sacramento sports anchor and reporter at ABC 10 News and You wouldn't know that it was a preseason game by watching the Sacramento Kings and Golden State Warriors duke it out tonight at the Chase Center, 116-115 to the final score. The Golden State Warriors defeat the Kings off of a Steph Curry game-winning three. The Warriors battle back from down 18. They were down big at two different points uh, in this game, battle back to improve to 4-0 and preseason and bump the Sacramento Kings down. 2-0 and 4 in preseason. Hey, maybe, maybe this is the Kings getting their four straight losses to start the season out of the way. Now it doesn't matter anymore. They did it in preseason. So come regular season time, they'll be ready to hit the ground running and win. And maybe it's, it's comforting, right? Maybe I can tell myself or you can tell yourself, it doesn't matter. It doesn't count. Yay. Feel good, Golden State Warriors. Whoop-de-doo. You won a preseason game. Gold star, thumbs up. Like we can say that, but the reality is, This one stings. It stings because of the way the Warriors won the 18-point comeback, Steph Curry hitting the game winner. It stings because for all intents and purposes, like this was a pre or this was a regular season game for the Kings. Like they treated this like a regular season game. For like every aspect except for maybe Mike Brown's rotations. He had he played 12 guys tonight, which also included Kessler Edwards playing a minute. Uh, and Alex Len playing a minute. So it's not, in reality, it's more of a 10-man rotation. But with the exception of that, like the starters played starter-level minutes. Like this was a dress rehearsal for the Sacramento Kings for the regular season. And even beyond that, this is a game that clearly the Kings wanted, right? They want to win every single game they play, whether it's regular season or preseason, it does not matter. But clearly, you could tell the Kings wanted this game. And equally, you could tell the Golden State Warriors wanted to win this game. That's why I think we're absolutely confirmed that this is a rivalry. And I'm going to talk about that in just a second. But this loss stings for the Kings. This is a this is the way the Kings lost in the playoffs. This is the way the Kings were knocked out is by the Golden State Warriors carried by a, a a Steph Curry, some Steph Curry heroics, although it didn't take Curry scoring 50 points this time. He did have 30 in a preseason game, but it wasn't quite what he did in game seven in Sacramento. But these are these are the Warriors. This is the team, the 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 big bad old juggernaut on the way out, once again putting the young, up and coming and exciting team in their place. Like this one stings for the Sacramento Kings. We can admit this. We can be honest about it. Like, hey, biggest Kings homer here in the world. Hates to give credit to the Golden State Warriors when he doesn't have to, but you have to give credit to the Golden State Warriors for how they played in tonight's game. Like I said on Twitter, at some point, you just got to tip your cap. 
Like Steph Curry hit some ridiculous shots, uh, including that that banked three where he's trying to draw a foul to bring the game to within two. And then he hits, of course, the game winner, which was just vintage Steph Curry step pack to create separation. De'Aaron Fox did all he could, did not matter. Curry hit the shot. Like, you just got to tip your cap. The Golden State Warriors fought hard. They battled back and they won this basketball game. It should sting. I hope it stings for every single Kings player in that locker room. I hope it stings for Mike Brown. I don't want them to walk away from tonight's game going, huh, good thing it doesn't count. I want them to feel like this was game eight of the NBA playoffs. It sure as hell looked like it. Didn't look like a preseason game. It looked like game eight of the playoffs. <laughs> like we got one extra game between the Kings and Warriors. And it, it makes me so excited for the regular season, truthfully. And it continues to make me question NBA. What in the hell were you thinking? Not having Kings and Warriors on Christmas day. Every time this team plays, whether it counts or it doesn't, it's exciting basketball. It's a perfect showcase of your game and your league. People tune in to watch the Sacramento Kings play all over the country. East Coasters staying up way too late to watch the fine or the, the ending of a Warriors-Kings preseason game because the quality of basketball is that high. The drama is there. The matchup is great. Two coaches that know each other so, so well. Like everything about these two teams playing each other should be what the NBA is trying to showcase. 100%, this is a rivalry. 100%. And I don't care. And the only people that are saying it's not a rivalry are the people on the Golden State Warriors side of things going, well, the Sacramento Kings, they haven't won anything yet. So the Sacramento Kings, maybe once they win more than a, if they win one playoff series or they win a title, maybe the Warriors will care then. Like that's stupid. That's dumb. That's a, that's like a, a, a total pedestal way of looking at things. When in reality, these are two teams that clearly want to beat each other very badly. That was on full display in tonight's game. The Kings get under the Warriors' skin. The Warriors damn sure get under the Sacramento Kings' skin. These two teams, it's not that they don't necessarily hate each other, although we've seen between Draymond and DeMontis Sabonis, there's venom between these teams in the past. Now that Chris Paul is there, uh, it, it adds to it a little bit because De'Aaron Fox and Chris Paul are always going at each other. De'Aaron mainly calling Chris Paul out for flopping. He's done it probably like three, four, five times over the course of Fox's career. He did it again tonight, and they had a fun kind of back and forth on the floor. Like everything about these two teams playing each other, especially with the context of the playoffs, being Pacific Division rivals and playing each other four times, everything about this screams rivalry. So let's just acknowledge it for what it is. The Kings-Warriors is absolutely a rivalry. And if you want to say, okay, it's a rivalry, but the Kings still have to prove that they're on the Warriors level, fine. Even though I think the Kings would have, had circumstances gone differently, of course, the Kings would have and maybe should have defeated the Warriors in the playoffs. It doesn't matter. It's sour grapes at this point. It's old news. The Warriors won fair and square, and here the Warriors are again, putting the Kings in their place with a game winner, even though it's a preseason game. Like, if you, the Warriors are still on another level and on a pedestal that the Kings are trying to get to. That's fine. But acknowledge the Kings as a true rival to the Golden State Warriors at this point, because that's exactly what they are. And Kings fans, you should definitely be acknowledging the Warriors not just on a level of jealousy or hatred, which I know a lot of us feel that way, but also on a level of like the Warriors are sharpening the Sacramento Kings in so many ways. Like if the Kings can get to a point where they are clearly better than the Warriors, like that's the point that Mike Brown's trying to get them to. I'm not saying that the Golden State Warriors can't win a championship this year. I certainly have my doubts. I know that's their goal is to win a title this year. I don't think they're going to do that, and I certainly wouldn't put money on it. But if Mike Brown wants to get this Kings team to that 
championship caliber team and competing for a championship status like he's talked about in uh, in training camp and at media day so far. Like we're talking about the Kings clearly rising above the Golden State Warriors or getting to another level, being the team to kind of replace the Warriors. And as of right now, they they can't do that yet. They still haven't done that. I can't wait for the regular season, man. I can't wait for the regular season. I can't wait for October 27th to watch the, these two teams duke it out again, for it to be in Sacramento, to be copy and paste of game one, like the energy and electricity in the, in the Golden One Center for the regular season opener against the Warriors is going to be the exact same as that playoff opener uh, against the Warriors back in April or May or whenever it was. Like it's 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 going to be great. And I hope, of course, that the Kings win that game. In fact, I expect with the home court advantage for the Sacramento Kings to win that game. But clearly these two teams are going to make sure the vast majority of the time they're playing each other, that these games are coming down to the wire. And even though it might be bad for our heart or bad for our blood pressure, it's good for the game of basketball. So I don't know why. And I'm glad, I mean, at least that game's nationally televised, but the NBA should put the Sacramento Kings and Golden State Warriors front and center in front of everybody and on everybody's television every single time these two teams play. What sucks about this loss, other than the fact that the Kings lost, of course, is that it overshadows the games that Keegan Murray and Davion Mitchell had. Now, at halftime, I was ready to come here and start a podcast focusing solely on them and talking about how much of a problem it is for the rest of the NBA that the Kings have Keegan Murray and, and Davion Mitchell that are both scoring 14 points and the Kings are holding the Warriors to, what was it, 49 points at halftime or, or, or something like that. Uh, like, I was ready to just go nuts on those two. It's a little less exciting and a little less fun that Davion Mitchell didn't score at all in the second half, but he still went five of seven from the field, four of six from three-point range, also had a block, played some really solid defense. Like Regardless of the outcome, regardless of the second half that he had, he didn't get that much playing time in the second half and, and didn't have as much opportunity to score the same way that he had in the first half. Like This is exactly what you want out of Mitchell. Is he going to go four of six and five of seven from the field uh, every single game that he plays or the vast majority of games that he plays? No. But Davion is shooting that three-point shot with complete confidence to the point now where when Davion is on the floor, regardless of if it's with Fox, without Fox, with Monk, with Herter, with Sabonis, does not matter. Davion Mitchell can space the floor. He fits in Sacramento's offense. That's exactly what you were looking for, so much so that his offense is consistent enough or we believe is going to be consistent enough. He has to do it more. I'm not ready to exalt him as a great offensive player and a great three-point shooter now after one really, really good preseason game. He still has to show it consistently. But if this is what Davion Mitchell can turn into for the Sacramento Kings, just that solid offensive uh, perimeter player, who every once in a while can go off and explode just like so many others on this Kings roster. If that's what he can become, then the problem of where do we find minutes for Mitchell is gone. Well, actually, I'm sorry. That problem is, is actually exemplified because where do you find minutes for Mitchell? Like you have to get Mitchell into the game. It's going to be hard to take him out of the games at times. But the problem that's gone is Mitchell's defense is so good, but he looks lost on the offensive end to where I can't have him out there as much as I want to for his defense because offensively we're taking a step back. Like Davion Mitchell looks amazing. And more importantly, he looks fully confident in his perimeter shooting and his offensive game this preseason. You get that for the majority of the regular season. You get him shooting 38% from three-point range during the regular season with his ability to also run the offense and put the ball on the floor and attack the basket from time to time, but but space the floor and carry out 
the Kings offense the same way Herter does off the ball or Murray does off the ball or Monk does off the ball. If Mitchell can be that guy, oh man, the Kings are in fantastic shape. And then let's talk about Keegan freaking Murray for a second. Keegan Murray, 10 of 18 from the field, three of nine from three-point range. There are plenty of games last season where, where Keegan shot like mid to low 30s from three-point range. They weren't all bad games, but let's put it this way. Let's say October, November, December, January last season, even at times during the playoffs, if Keegan Murray was shooting 33% from three-point range, he was probably leaving the game scoring 11, 12 points, maybe 13 to 14 points. Decent, solid game. Keegan Murray shot 33% from three-point range tonight. And was second in the team in scoring with 24 points. What does that tell you? That tells you that Keegan Murray is putting the ball on the floor. He's attacking the basket. Had a, had a, a great dunk in this game early on. Uh, was going one-on-one at times with guys. Had an amazing step-back mid-range jumper. Full confidence uh, over the, uh, the the Steph Curry mismatch. Like, I, I tweeted this out as a joke, but also, I mean, kind of serious. Like, make De'Aaron Vox a coach. Because <laughs> De'Aaron was working with Keegan all summer long. And I'm not trying to give Keegan Murray's credit to De'Aaron completely or brush Keegan Murray under the rug and make it about Fox. But look what Fox has done for Keegan and his confidence with his mid-range game and and putting the ball on the floor. And look, maybe this is always part of, of Keegan Murray's game and coming out of college, coming out of Iowa, we thought, okay, yeah, like Keegan's more than just a spot-up three-point shooter. He's damn good at that, and you want to exploit that as much as possible. But we knew there was more to Keegan's offensive game last season. And even Mike Brown was trying to get that out of him as a rookie. He just kind of had to settle into things. He still is settling in. A second-year player, he's still going to hit bumps and bruises. And it's going to take another two, three years for him to probably be fully, comfortably settled into the league. But this is what Keegan's capable of. Being a second option offensively putting the ball on the deck and uh, and attacking the basket or hitting a mid-range jumper, going one-on-one in ISO, clearing out for him, playing him off the ball or playing him on the ball, not just running him off of screens on the perimeter, but also giving him opportunities in and around the paint and showcases mid-range game. Keegan Murray looks amazing this preseason. Amazing. Everything that you wanted to see. Again, it's just preseason. You got to show it during the regular season, kid. But our, 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 our expectations of Keegan taking that next step, everything you've wanted to see for him to take that next step, he is giving you, or the vast majority of the things that you've wanted to see, he is giving you during the preseason. He looks ready. He looks ready to take on that role. Maybe not every single night, but a lot of nights, he is going to be that guy to where the Sacramento Kings can still win games without Fox scoring 25 to 30, even though he had 25 tonight, or Sabonis scoring 18, or Kevin Herter having a big night. We're going to talk about Kevin Herter in a little bit. Uh, we're going to talk about Harrison Barnes in a little bit. Got a lot more to talk to uh, from this this game. Um, I'm going to do my best to try and not spend too much time also talking about the the Golden State Warriors announced it. You know what, screw it. Let's, let's talk about it right now really quick. Like, hey, big Sacramento Kings homer here. I know if I were on the Kings broadcast that I would be looking through purple colored glasses. And and because it's the Warriors broadcast, obviously they're going to trend heavier towards the team or whatever. That's fine. 
I don't want to spend too much time on this because it's stupid. It's dumb. It's it's sour grapes, especially after a, a, a tough Kings loss. But I'll say this. I did not really enjoy watching this game on NBA TV and listening to the Warriors broadcast. Let's just say that. Let's just say that. I'll, I'll take the high road or not sound like a whiny baby. <laughs> and I'll just say that this uh, it was tough to watch and tough to listen to uh, the Warriors broadcast, especially when Davion Mitchell is going red hot and going supernova in the first half to where regardless of what team you're rooting for, you can enjoy and, 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 and admire what the man is doing, but no, let's talk to the team's president about the new dumb restaurant that's opening in thrive city. That that's, that's what we should focus on. Never mind when Gary Gerald is there calling the plays uh, or calling games. And if clay Thompson is going off against the Kings or whichever warriors player is going off the Kings, you'll never find, G-Man drawing the attention to something that has nothing to do with the game because he's actually going to focus on and talk about what people want to talk about what we want to focus on, which is the game itself. All right, get off your soapbox, Matt. You sound like such a loser. Let's talk about something else. Let's talk, talk about something good. How about let's talk about Bird Dogs, one of the great sponsors here of the Locked On Kings podcast. Bird Dogs make you look good. They give you confidence no matter what you are doing. Their stretch khaki shorts are designed to fit slimmer through the thighs and the leg, giving you a truly sculpted look. And they're functional for every occasion. I wear my Bird Dogs khaki shorts uh, when I'm out golfing. They're perfect for if you're going on a date, if you're just on an evening out, if you're chilling by the pool, if you're going to work out, if you're lounging, if you're going to work, you can use and wear bird dogs for all these different occasions. They fit way better than regular shorts that are made of a stiff, uh, stiff restricting cotton. And they use anti-stink sweat wick fabric or wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long. Make sure you go to birddogs.com right now uh, and go to birddogs.com slash locked on NBA specifically or enter promo code locked on NBA at checkout for a free Bird Dogs water bottle with your order. That's birddogs.com slash locked on NBA for a free water bottle at checkout. You won't want to take your Bird Dogs off. We promise you. All right, let's talk about Kevin Herter and Harrison Barnes here a little bit because just like I said at the beginning of the podcast, like this looked like game made of the playoffs. This looked like it's just a continuation and an extension of the Kings and Warriors playoff series. And unfortunately, that includes Kevin Herter and Harrison Barnes not doing a whole lot. Now, Herter did have 12 points, 5 of 11 from the field, 1 of 5 from three-point range. That one three that he made was literally the first basket of the game where the Kings uh, clearly tried to get him involved as he returned to the starting lineup. He got the handoff from uh, DeMontis Sabonis on the perimeter, knocked down the straightaway three. Like, that was good to see. Overall, Kevin Herter was a zero on the night plus or for a plus or minus. I don't know how much you, you care about the plus or minus stat for context. Fox was plus two. Keegan Murray was plus one. Sabonis and Barnes were both minus four. I tweeted this out and I, I believe this. Like it, it, a lot of people are identifying Kevin Herter as the weakest link. Although some people might be saying Harrison Barnes now, but a lot of people are, are, are identifying Kevin Herter as like the weakest link or the main weak link of the Sacramento Kings uh, starting lineup. And I genuinely believe this. If Kevin Herter is the weakest link of your starting lineup, you have a good starting lineup because Kevin Herter is a good player, especially for how the Sacramento Kings try to play. Now, that doesn't mean that if the Kings are really, truly trying to enter a championship window, whether it's at the trade deadline or next season or in future seasons or whatever, that doesn't mean that the Kings wouldn't consider trading Kevin Herter 
for an upgrade at that position to ultimately help them get over the hump. Is Kevin Herter a championship caliber player with the Sacramento Kings? The answer to that question is, I don't know. Is he a fit with the Sacramento Kings of what they're trying to do on the offensive end? Absolutely. Is he a, uh, uh, at times a liability on the defensive end? Absolutely. Harrison Barnes, though, like these are the performances that Harrison Barnes unfortunately is known for, and he shouldn't be as criticized for them or they, they, his reputation shouldn't carry these, these bad games as much as they do. It's just unfortunate that these bad games happen a lot of times in big performances. Now, granted, again, this was a preseason game, but it was by all extensive, by all purposes, it looked like a reflection of a big playoff game between these two teams. And there's Harrison Barnes with four points in 33 minutes, one of six shooting from the field, three rebounds, two assists, did have two steals and a block. So at least he did other things and it wasn't just an empty stat column for him. But ultimately Harrison Barnes, like he disappeared again. Like there were times where he was on the floor and you didn't realize number 40 was on the floor. That's the Harrison Barnes problem. And that's why I know so many of you were clamoring this offseason. The Kings need to replace Barnes. They need to go out and get an upgrade because Harrison Barnes disappears. I still firmly believe that Harrison Barnes is a damn good starter. And bringing Harrison Barnes back, especially for the money that the Kings played him, was a good play. Like, I'm not willing to punt on that take and change my mind because of his performance in a preseason game. But performances like this from Barnes and Herter are what's going to be the difference between the Sacramento Kings making a deep playoff run and being knocked out in the early rounds again. Like, I'm not saying that they have to have Herter and Barnes be on every single game because that's that's not fair to expect anybody. Like, guys are going to have bad games all the time. Fox might have a bad game. Keegan Murray had three bad games before he figured things out uh, in, in the playoffs too. So it's not all just on these two guys. But you can see parallels, right? right? Oh, the Kings lost to the Warriors again. Let's check the box score. Once again, it's Harrison Barnes and Kevin Herter that struggled. Demonte Sabonis was okay. 12 points, 10 rebounds, 8 assists. So he flirted with a triple-double. Um, did a good job getting to the foul line, although missed four of eight free throws. So that's not great. I thought at times he did have a couple turnovers. I thought at times around the paint, uh, he was forcing the issue too much. If you had listened to the golden state warriors, uh, broadcast team, they would tell you like Jackson Davis is the next coming of God or the next coming of Shaquille O'Neal and just was dominating Demonte Sabonis. And anytime anybody not named Sabonis got a rebound, it was look how great of a job Jackson Davis is doing, keeping Sabonis off the glass or whatever. Like that was a little ridiculous, but would I say this was a great game for Sabonis? No. Was it a solid enough game from Sabonis to win? Yes. Maybe I want 16 to 18 points instead of 12 points from Domas. And I would love for the Kings to get 13 to 15 rebounds out of him instead of 10. The Kings finished with 40 rebounds as a team. They were out-rebounded 47 to 40. Now, the good news is they weren't killed on the offensive glass. They had eight offensive rebounds to the Warriors' seven, and the Kings also did a fantastic job of forcing the Warriors to turn the ball over. The Warriors turned the ball over 22 times and still won the game. Like, that's concerning. One thing that I know for a fact, there's, I mean, there's many things, but one thing that I know and I'm going to be paying attention to this season too, and this is an issue that I had with the Kings last season, the Kings need to do a much better job of putting games away when they build big leads. Because for the majority of this preseason, the Kings starters have gotten off to really good starts. Really good starts. They've built double-digit leads, and I think, and out, out of these four games, I think they've built double-digit leads in three out of these four games, and they're 0-4, or 
are in the first half at least. And they're 0-4 in these four games. They were up by 18 in this game in the second half. I know it's the Golden State Warriors and they can close a gap like that. Like that, that that's just the Warriors MO. That's how they've won so many championships. That's just what they're known for. So maybe the Warriors are a bad example, but the Kings need to find or need to do a better job of when they are in a driver's position, when they have a team on the ropes, knock them out. If you have them down, step on their throat. Maybe a bad analogy to use with Draymond Green in the, in close proximity. So maybe don't step on their throat or stomp on their chest, but you get what I mean. Like finish it, close it, shut it down and don't wait till crunch time or clutch time rather to do it. Like put a team away. That is something that I know the Sacramento Kings need to work, uh, need, need to work on this year, regardless of who they're playing. And especially at home. If you have a double digit lead going into the fourth quarter at home, slam the damn door shut. Don't let it, don't keep it creaked open so that comebacks and barrages from Steph Curry and superstars, like what happened tonight, can happen for real in the regular season. De'Aaron Fox played 32 minutes tonight, shot 21 times, went 9 of 21 from the field, 0 of 5 from three-point range, 7 of 8 from the free throw line. I thought he was doing an excellent job in the fourth quarter uh, of getting to the foul line. Uh, led the Kings in scoring with 25 points. Did have seven rebounds, which is great to see from the guard position. Keegan Murray, I should mention too, also had eight rebounds, which you love to see out of Keegan. Uh, only three assists for Fox, a couple of steals and a block. Fox was all over the place. Um, really solid game. And now we're going to have a conversation about the minutes that these starters played. We're going to have that conversation in just a second because the Kings play a basketball game again tomorrow night. And even though it's a preseason game, you can bet on the action of that game at FanDuel. Now you can snap into the action right now for the NFL with FanDuel, America's number one sports book, because right now new customers are getting $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. So sign up, put $5 in. That's all the money that you have to invest. Bet on whatever you want. Put put Go all in with your $5 on a, a spread, a player prop, an over-under, whatever it is. Put it all down. If you win, you get your $5 or you get whatever money that you won from that bet. And here's $200 on top of that for you to make more money. If you lose, hey, it's like an insurance policy. You lost your $5. Here's $200 for you to make that $5 back and then some. FanDuel wants you to keep playing. They don't want you just to go all in and win and cash out or all in and lose and never come back. FanDuel wants you to have fun all season long, whether it's for the NFL or the NBA. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season the right way. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. 34 minutes for DeMontis Sabonis. 35, or is that 33? I can't read my own. 33. 33 minutes for Harrison Barnes. 36 minutes for Keegan Murray. 32 minutes for De'Aaron Fox. 26 minutes for Kevin Herter. In addition to that, 20 minutes for Malik Monk, 17 minutes for, for Davion Mitchell. Also, 15 minutes for Colby Jones. Don't let me forget, as if you're going to, you're, this isn't live, Matt, but don't let me forget to talk about Colby Jones. Make a mental note because I want to make sure I mention Colby Jones before I'm done here. But for the five starters specifically, Kevin Herter played the fewest minutes at 26. Keegan Murray played the most at 36. The Kings play tomorrow night against the Utah Jazz in their preseason closer. It's at home why they play the Jazz to close their preseason and then play the Jazz in Utah to open their regular season a week from tonight. Why they decided to do that, no idea. And more geniusness by uh, by the NBA schedule makers, whatever. Um, 
the question is, like, this was very much a dress rehearsal for the Sacramento Kings, right? This is very much like the Kings were treating this game as if they were going for the win. Granted, they didn't have Chris Duarte in tonight's game. He's out with that, the, the, the knee bone bruise. And they didn't have Trey Lyles, who I think he tweaked something. I can't remember exactly what it was, but he tweaked something during warmups. He's fine. They just erred on the side of caution. So Trey Lyles didn't play in this game too. Did the Kings lose this game because they didn't have Trey Lyles and Chris Duarte? I'm not going to say that. Would those two have helped the Kings close this game out and win this game? Probably, but whatever. We're not going to, we're not going to spend any time on that. But this was a dress rehearsal for the Kings. They treated tonight's game like a regular season game. With one more preseason game left, do you shut them down? Or do you put them back out there? I know Kings fans are going to be paying to watch the game at home in attendance. So they probably aren't just going to want to see all their starters resting. It doesn't seem, it doesn't feel very Mike Brown to have his players rest. I think what I think is going to happen, I have no idea. I'm purely speculating here. Just trying to put myself into the mind of, of Mike Brown. What I think is going to happen is that all five starters will start the game. And I think the top seven to eight guys will play a very limited amount of minutes. Like if the starters started and played the equivalent of a quarter, like no one, no starter goes above 12 minutes. Maybe Harrison Barnes, if you want to get Harrison Barnes to like 15 minutes, you can, whatever. Herder to 15 minutes, fine. But Fox, Murray, and Sabonis, like, I'm I'm capping them at 12 minutes. Like, go out, play a little bit more, get your burn, get your sweat in, yeah, get like, just get the vibes, have some fun, hit some shots, feel good, and then shut them down for the remainder of the game and get them ready for the regular season against the Utah Jazz, the opener next Wednesday. Like, that's that's how I'm feeling. That's that's what I would personally do. I have no idea if that's what Mike Brown is gonna do. There's a great argument for. Don't play them at all. Doesn't matter if they're at home and people are paying to watch the Kings. It's preseason. Do not play them at all. Why even risk it? Doesn't matter. Like give all these opportunities to Jordan Ford and Keon Ellis and Slauson and Jones and Len and Edwards and Vizenkov. Like let them all go out there and play close to 30 minutes and, and have at it and prepare for their G League seasons or, or make their last minute uh, arguments for themselves or cases for why they should be considered for Mike Brown's rotation. Let them go. Let those guys go and let the King starters and, and top eight guys just have the night off and rest. It's not worth it. I will hear those arguments and I understand those arguments completely. Where do you fall on that line? Let me know. How are you feeling about tonight's game? How bad does this sting? Be honest. And, and I'm not saying that you have to admit that it stings, but I don't necessarily believe you if you tell me it doesn't sting at all, it's fine. You can move on from it. You can dismiss it. It's preseason. I don't believe you. I don't think I believe you because this stinks. This one stinks tonight. Your thoughts on Keegan Murray, your thoughts on Harrison Barnes, your thoughts on whatever. Send them to me. Let's talk about it. At Matt George Sack on Twitter. Email me, MattGeorgeSports at gmail.com. Leave your thoughts in the YouTube comment section down below. My plan is to be at, oh, Colby Jones. Can't forget about Colby Jones. Played 15 minutes tonight, four of eight from the field, two of five from three-point range, 10 points. The thing that I want to say about Colby Jones is this. Colby Jones is a very smart basketball player. Like, he's just smart. He makes the right reads. He makes the right plays. Like, it's going to be hard for Colby Jones to stay out of Mike Brown's rotation at this rate. If he can continue, if he's showing this as a rookie right away, what can he be when he gets half a season to three quarters of a season under his belt 
including the practice time. It's a little more familiar. Maybe spend some time in Stockton and balls out in Stockton with the Stockton Kings from time to time. I don't know how much he's going to spend time he's going to spend in Stockton, but I'm sure he'll he'll get a game or two every now and then. Like, I think Colby Jones. I think Colby Jones is is a really good player. I think he's going to be a really solid rotational rotational player for the Kings. Now, I'm not going to go over the top and say that he's going to be a top eight guy or anything like that. But at this point, I believe Colby Jones can be something important for the Kings. And that might have been the best case scenario out of somebody that you moved up in the second round to go out and draft. Just a very smart, savvy basketball player already. I'm excited to see how he develops. My plan is to be at the Golden One Center tomorrow night for Kings and uh, Jazz. And uh, if you're going to the game, let me know. would love to see you. I'll be up at the media section. Uh, and I'll have a post-game episode of the Lockdown Kings podcast as usual after that game as we'll put a bow on the preseason and get ready for actual regular season basketball. Hopefully the Kings get a win in preseason. It'd be nice for them to end preseason with a win against the Utah Jazz by whatever whatever means necessary. I know it doesn't matter, but still going 0-5 in preseason wouldn't be great, but whatever. I guess it's not the end of the world. Um, there was a lot of stuff from tonight's game, truly, even though the way it ended, like there's a lot of really, really good things that the Sacramento Kings did that is overshadowed a little bit by this result. A lot of things to be happy about, a lot of things to be pleased with from this Kings game, so we'll try and focus on that more than the negative the Kings losing to the Warriors. I just can't wait for October 27th. The Warriors can have their two preseason wins when it doesn't count, but I would love nothing more than for the Kings to take the floor on October 27th in front of a, a, a jam-packed, rowdy Golden 1 Center crowd and put the Golden State Warriors in their place. Rooting heavily, heavily, heavily for that. Appreciate your support of the, of the Locked on Kings podcast as always. Can't wait to have you join me on the next episode. Until then, my name is Matt George. You've been listening to Locked on Kings, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. <laughs>